welcome back to the Entertainment Ghost Pop podcast, where everything entertainment and pop culture crosses over to be discussed, whether it's TV, movies, music, video gaming, sports, anything pop culture from any decade, crossing over with anything entertainment to where it can be discussed and talked about. Just have fun with it. On this episode of the podcast, I've got thoughts on this week's two episodes of The Amazing Race, some cool offerings coming from HBO Max, where you can watch the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas specials this year, the Family Ties reunion, thoughts on Kathleen Robinson's appearance on this past week's 90210 podcast, and a bunch more topics, so let's get right to it. If you're a fan of the 80s sitcom Family Ties, Stars in the House brought the cast back together for a reunion as part of a fundraiser event. Uh, it's very cool. They had most of them there. Uh, the cast members that were there was Michael J. Fox, who of course played Alex P. Keaton, Meredith Baxter, who played Elise Keaton, Michael Gross, who played Stephen Keaton, Tina Yothers, who played Jennifer Keaton. That was the first part of the of the reunion. They stuck to them. The second half, they brought in Mark Price, who played Skippy. He was having a lot of internet issues. I think he was out camping somewhere, so his signal was really bad, so you didn't get much of him. You had Scott Valentine, who played Nick. Hey, if you know Scott Valentine and that character on Family Ties, you'll get the hey reference. And Brian Bonzo, who played Andy Keaton. They had all of them together. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. You can uh, check it out on YouTube if you want. It was I think they streamed it on Facebook too, but um, go to YouTube. Just type in Family Ties Reunion, and it'll pop up probably first thing. That's what I did. I uh, just wanted to go over some of the things, kind of some of the highlights of things that they discussed. Uh, one thing they really talked about was just how tight they were as a cast and how, like Michael Gross talked about, that he, he kind of took it for granted because he didn't know how good they had it because he didn't... Him and Tina Yothers both talked about how they didn't realize that this wasn't normal, that the tightness and how close they were wasn't like your normal TV experience. And Tina Yothers told a story about how you know they were on a studio lot with a bunch of other shows where they would film at the same time and that... Family ties, they would get done early in the evening and then they were free to roam and go about whatever they wanted to do. And that she would bump into other cast and they would be filming till like two or three in the morning. And some of those cast members would say to her and like, how how do y'all get done so early? Like, how is that? How is that a thing? And what she found out was that, you know, a lot of these other shows, these cast members didn't get along like they did. And she said that she just didn't really grasp that, oh, this isn't how it normally is. And they talked about how special that was. A few other highlights they talked about. uh, Scott Valentine talked about how he was only meant to be there for one episode. And that the character was so well received that they asked if he wanted to stick around. And of course, he's like, yeah, of course I would. I'd want to stick around. You know, Michael Gross talks about how Stephen Keaton, that character, he just liked everybody. You know, he was he was very likable. He liked everybody. There just wasn't any characters that he had conflict with. Inner Nick, who was, of course, dating Mallory. And he talked about how he loved having the character of Nick to play off of. Because it was like, 
it was a sort of like a little villain of sorts. Like villain is a strong word because he wasn't a villain at all. It was he was a villain to Stephen <laughs> because because he didn't like him for Mallory, you know, and he's dating his daughter and everything. So that was kind of funny. But he said just how much he loved playing off that character to just the great scenes they had that were so fun. Of course, they rolled in a couple clips from uh, some of their fun moments that they had. Brian Bonzel that played uh, Andy, he talked about that he auditioned for the role at three and a half years old, and then he started the show when he was four. He said that he remembered the audition really clearly. He could remember auditioning, but he said a lot of his memories of the actual show were pretty blurry, you know, because he was so young. And then they rolled in some video, you know, showing the scenes of Andy and Alex. They had a lot of great scenes one another with one another to where Alex was basically trying to turn Andy into a mini him. <laughs> you know, and they had a lot of great scenes that were just very memorable. Uh, Michael Gross and uh, Meredith Baxter, they were asked if, because their chemistry was so good on that show, they were asked, you know, did you two work with each other before? Were you friends before the show? And they said, no. So we just, like, we got to know each other on the show. And that just goes to show just how quickly, like, the chemistry was for them. Tina Yothers talked about one of her favorite scenes, and this is one of my favorite scenes, too to where she was learning to drive and they had it set up in the kitchen to where they had the chairs set up like it was like you were sitting in a car. And of course, you know, Steven's just being particular about everything, just being your typical dad, you know, with the rules and coming up with like imaginary things. Cause they're doing imaginary driving. You know, he's like, this is what you do. Look for that car. Oh, do you see that car? Oh, you need to put your blinker on, you know, that kind of a thing. And they talked about, just the silliness of that scene and she's how much she loved it. And I'm glad they rolled the footage of that scene too, because it's one of my favorites as well to where uh, Elise and Mallory get involved too, to basically just drive Steven crazy. Cause they, cause they know he's being ridiculous with how, how picky he's being with trying to teach Jennifer how to drive. But Tina Yothers also talked about how a lot of, her first were Jennifer's first, you know, because she was growing up too. And a lot of the things that Jennifer was going through as first ended up being her first as well. So that was very interesting. There was one, there was one, uh, one person that called in or messaged in with a donation that I thought was pretty funny. Said that they used to be a teller at a bank in the eighties and they named their counting machine, Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, going back to just how tight the cast was, Meredith Baxter talked about how anytime they would have a guest star on, she really went out of her way to make sure they were welcomed in because she knew what it was like to walk onto a set and be kind of intimidated to where you, you know, you're walking into a group that knows each other. You got a tight cast, a tight crew. And she always said that she wanted to make sure to go over and welcome the guest stars and try to make them as comfortable as absolutely possible. So there's a lot of good things. Michael J. Fox had a lot of good stories where they told about uh, when Meredith would drive him to work, she'd pick him up to take him to work and had that. They were asked uh, if they had taken anything from the set. That's pretty 
famous question just for any cast anymore about any Q&A panel you hear anymore. That's one of the questions they get asked is, did you take anything from the set? And Tina Yothers uh, leans over and pulls in the lamp. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got the lamp. She has the lamp from, I believe it was the living room. I think it was the living room lamp. That's what it looked like because I recognized the lamp. So I thought that was pretty cool and pretty funny. They all got a laugh out of that. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, if you want to check it out, if you're a fan of that show, you're going to love this reunion. Just go on YouTube, type in Family Ties Reunion. You're going to get it. Uh, speaking of Family Ties and Michael J. Fox, don't forget his book, No Time Like the Future, has just been released. It is available wherever you buy your books. I know he's been doing the media rounds. I've been seeing him doing a lot of virtual uh, interviews and all. I've seen several of those today. As I've been recording this today, he's been doing a lot of those. So definitely check out his book. I know I'm going to. But yeah, if you're a Family Ties fan, check out that reunion. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, let's roll through some of these random topics here. If you're a fan of the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas specials, you have different ways of viewing them this year. Um, last month with the Halloween special, the Great Pumpkin special, they had it exclusively on Apple TV Plus, And there was some pushback over that because it usually airs on ABC and a lot of families have scheduled times to where they make sure to sit down and watch this every year when it airs. And it wasn't there. You know, ABC just didn't have the rights to it anymore. Apple TV Plus, you know, Apple's got the rights to it to have it now. So there was definite pushback on it, even though you could watch it for free on there. It was just something about, you know, just it airing on over-the-air network. You know, it was something like that that just pulled people in. So what they're trying to do with Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're trying to please everybody, try to make it available in different ways. So here is what they are doing. Here's the schedule. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. If you want to watch it on TV, it is going to air on PBS on Sunday, November 22nd. Now, if you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it's available to watch right now. You can go ahead and watch it right now. If you're not a subscriber, it is going to be available free to stream from November 25th to November 27th. Charlie Brown Christmas, what they're going to do, they're going to air it on PBS on Sunday, December 13th. To subscribers, it's going to be available starting December 4th on Apple TV+. If you are wanting to watch it for free, it will be available for free on Apple TV from December 11th to December 13th. So there's some different options in there where they're trying to please everybody and get things going. A couple of cool things coming to HBO Max in December, and this will actually get me for December because I'm one of those subscribers that's in and out. I watch what I want get out. (laughs) It's like I'm not a consistent subscriber. So this will get me for December. Carrie Underwood will be having her Christmas music special coming on December the 3rd. It will be on HBO Max, My Gift. It's going to be her performing songs off of her Christmas album. So that's going to be very cool. I'm definitely going to be in for that. Now this next one is very interesting because this plays off of what's been going on with the pandemic and what movies are having to do a lot of movies have either delayed or they have some have went straight to streaming they went to that or they've went up to where you can just buy them 
you know, they've a lot of movies have had to kind of figure out what they're going to do. That brings us to Wonder Woman 1984, which is the follow up to the 2017 movie. It was originally supposed to open in June in theaters. Of course, that was pushed back due to the pandemic. Then they were going to open it December 25th. Well, they're kind of sticking to that plan. They are sticking to that plan. It's going to be in select theaters on December 25th, just depending on you know, regulations and everything and which theaters that they feel like they can open up safely. But they're also going to offer Wonder Woman 1984 as part of the regular subscription for HBO Max. It is going to be available for a month. You're going to be able to watch this movie. You're not going to have to pay any more. It's going to be part of your regular monthly subscription for December. So, and it's also going to be available in theaters if you want to see it in theaters. But it will be available for one month on HBO Max. So I'm definitely going to check that out, having that so easily available to me. So, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be a subscriber for December anyway. So I'm in for checking that out. I think that's going to be cool. Uh, Scream 5 has a release date. Kevin Williamson announced that they have finished shooting the movie. This is going to be... You know, the latest installment off the Scream series that started in 1996. So what's the name of it going to be? It's not going to be Scream 5. They're just going to call it straight up Scream. I don't know. Kind of. I don't know. I feel like that's going to end up confusing the the lineage of these movies. Of course, I mean, they kind of do that with a lot of like the horror movies where they'll have the same titles, you know, that just switch over to different decades and everything. So I don't know if we just need to like title them Scream 1996 <laughs> and Scream 2022. The release date for Scream 5 or just straight up new Scream, whatever you want to call it. January 14th, 2022. Of course, it's going to involve several of the original cast members, including Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. This will be the first Scream movie that Wes Craven has not been involved in since his passing. So Kevin Williamson's carrying this on. He was involved in the first one. I saw the original in 1996 with my group of friends. They were wanting to go to the movies that day, and that was what they were going to see. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm in. Uh, we really enjoyed the movie. I remember me and my friend, all through that movie, we were trying to, to guess who the killer was. And I think probably every five or ten minutes, we'd lean over and whisper to one another, and we'd already changed who it was. I think at one point in the movie, we probably had this pinned on every single character <laughs> before the movie was over. I think we had blamed every character in the movie. It's like, oh, well, that's the killer. Yep, oh, it's them. You know, so that I've kind of I've gotten away from these movies over over the years. I mean, not just talking about this genre in particular. I just don't watch this genre of movies anymore. I used to when I was younger. But Scream, it seems like since I'm more since that was like the last series of movies that I watched before I just completely jumped out of that genre. So when they do come out with a new one, I tend to kind of stick with it. And I'm just out of curiosity. I want to see what happens. Like I did watch Scream 4 that came out, I don't know, was it 10 years ago already? I don't know how long ago. It wasn't, it's in the last decade anyway. I watched it. I thought it was okay. I didn't watch the MTV series. I just wasn't interested in that. With this, I will probably watch this just out of curiosity to see what they do with it. 
If you missed the Gilmore Girls revival back in 2016, it was a four-part miniseries called A Year in the Life. If you missed it or are just not a Netflix subscriber, they're getting ready to air this on the CW. They're going to air it from starting Monday, November 23rd, and they're going to finish up on Thursday, November 26th. It was four parts. It's basically like each... It was called A Year in the Life. What they did was each episode was a different season. So you had your spring season. This was that episode. Then your summer episode, your fall episode. So every every episode focused on a different season of that year and continued it on. I don't know how long they ran. Almost hour and a half, two hours each. I don't know. Something something along those lines. It, uh, it was released back around Thanksgiving 2016. Of course, all of us fans were... Everybody else was Black Friday sales. It's like, y'all can have at it. Because we are, <laughs> the rest of us that are fans of this show, we're watching this and we're going to see what they do with it. I enjoyed it. I don't want to give any kind of spoilers because, you know, in case anybody hasn't seen it, now you're going to be able to see it for free over network TV. It's also going to be available for 30 days on the CW app. So if you can't watch it when it airs, it's going to be available for free on the CW app for 30 days of it airing. So I did enjoy this. I thought they did a good job uh, reviving the show, showing us where these characters went, the stories went. I think it's something you'll really enjoy. So Conan O'Brien is getting ready to end his late night TV run of 28 years, which is amazing. 28 years is an incredible run. He will be concluding it in June of 2021, which will be his 10th season on TBS. So that's where it's going to wrap up at. His uh, Conan Without Borders travel specials are going to continue to run on TBS. But speaking of HBO Max, because there's a lot of HBO Max on this podcast today, he has signed on to do a weekly variety series that will be exclusive to HBO Max no details as of yet on what it's going to be, what it's going to involve, launch date, any of that. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. Uh, so 28 years, its that's been an adventure for Conan with uh, how that all went down. You know, of course, he was late night on NBC for a long time. Much like Letterman was, you know, years before where Letterman was in that late night spot and he was ready to move up. And eventually jumped over to CBS. Conan was in the same position to where he was ready to get out of that late night spot, you know, and they committed him to the Tonight Show. They were going to give him the Tonight Show. Jay Leno was going to step aside. He got the Tonight Show. It happened. It started rolling. And then the Tonight Show got taken away from him. And they brought Jay Leno back. And it got all kinds of awkward. <laughs> all kinds of awkward. And there was there was a lot of people not happy with how that went down. It just it was a bad look from NBC just on how they did that. And of course, Conan jumped over to TBS where he continued his run and, you know, again, got another 10 years with TBS with his late night show there. So if you're a Conan fan, you have this HBO Max series to look forward to. And you've got Conan on TBS for you know, for a little bit more time until June of 2021. Speaking of incredible runs, Supernatural is ending this week after running 15 years on the CW. And to date the show and to really appreciate how long it's been around, this show started in 2005 on the WB. 
Of course, you remember that UPN and the WB combined together to form the CW. But it's amazing to think that this show started on the WB because the WB just feels like it's been gone for ages. You know, it just feels like it's been so long. And it really just gives you an appreciation of how long that show's been going on. I mean, in this this day and age of TV, you know, 15 years, that's that is quite a celebration to have a show to continue to go for. So major kudos and congratulations to Supernatural on a 15 year run that spans two different networks. That's incredible. If you're a fan of the 90s MMC Mickey Mouse Club and you love Christmas music, you've got a really cool switch over here. Nice little crossover as the MMC has gotten back together. Of course, last year they did, it was 30 years of the show last year. They did a big celebration down at Megacon in Orlando to where they got a bunch of them together and it turned into a big event. I think Megacon was really surprised at how big that event was. And it's like, well, we could have told you that that was going to be a big deal (laughs) and to prepare for a big crowd. So they reunited down there. They got a bunch of them together from different seasons, uh, did a Q and a panel meet and greet. They did, a an evening show was like kind of like a ballroom looking thing where they raised money and they got together, sang songs. Thankfully, you know, me as a fan, I got to watch live streamers that were streaming live. They people were posting their videos afterwards and it felt like I could be there, you know, so many miles away through the awesome power of technology. I was available to, I was able to watch, you know, a lot of that and felt like I was there. So they have continued the reunion. Now I'm going to read this because I want to make sure I get all this in. Uh, cast members from all seven seasons of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club have reunited around the country to record a very special album of holiday classics. This project is a way for all of us to come together and help some of those severely affected during these difficult times. A portion of the gross album sales will support the Brave of Heart Fund for families of frontline healthcare workers who lost their lives to COVID-19, as well as Music Cares, a charity founded by the Recording Academy that provides a safety net of critical assistance for music people in times of need. So the funds raised have helped with production costs. And as a thank you, the Mouseketeers have donated personalized experiences and merchandise as perks, which I don't know how many, I think, well, of course that was all like pre-order kind of things because I did go through all that at the time. It was a lot of awesome perks. I mean, if you're a fan, there was no shortage of <laughs> cool things to get. Cast members that were involved in this awesome project were Lindsay, Rona, Mylin, Blaine, of course, Jason or Blaine, which we know him as Blaine, Tasha, Nikki, TJ, Dale, Dee Dee, Chase, Rocky, David, Tony, Jennifer, Jason, and Nita with the album artwork that was done by Mark. Yeah, this was very cool. There's a lot. I mean, this is all spanning a lot of seasons here. I have not listened to the album yet. It's available. I've seen it on Apple Music. So I'm kind of holding back on my Christmas music, waiting till to get to Christmas. I'm one of those that likes to wait and, you know, wait till Thanksgiving's over and then roll into roll into that kind of thing. So this is a very cool thing. If you're a fan of the MMC from the 90s, you're going to love this. This is very cool. The feedback's been very positive. I know they've 
they've done very well on the charts. I saw them get up, I think, as high as, like, I don't know, where 19 or 21 on the iTunes charts. I don't remember where they got to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was getting a lot of attention. It was performing well on iTunes, so go check that out. It's called Why? Because It's Christmas. That's where you can check it out on all your ways of getting your music, whether it's buying or streaming. Seeing Lauren Elena on stage, singing Road Less Traveled with the people in the crowd waving their lights in the air was just something so normal looking, you know, it's what we're used to, all of us that are Lauren Elena fans. Uh, of course, this happened at the Opry Ghost Pink show at the Grand Ole Opry that took place on October 24th. This was actually the 12th annual Opry Ghost Pink. It's a show they do every year in support of the fight against breast cancer. Uh, they turn the whole Opry pink at the beginning of the show. They bring a switch out on stage. They always have somebody designated to come out there, and they flip the switch. The whole Opry goes pink. I would love to see that in person. I think that'd be a really cool show to see in person. Uh, this year, they had Lauren Elena, Little Big Town, Rita Wilson, Victoria Shaw, Aaron Kinsey. Of course, they're limited crowds there at the Opry. They've got limited amount of people able to attend. So they've been uh, live streaming the shows online, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, they also show it on uh, the Circle Network where you can watch it on there on TV. So that's been fun to check out. It was fun to watch that. I enjoyed that show so much that I watched it live on YouTube and then... Um, on Circle Network right after they always replay it and I went to Circle Network and I replayed it <laughs> it's like I watched it again just because I really enjoyed that enjoyed that show so much um, that definitely ranks up there with uh, my favorites of the Opry this year with what they've done uh, in this 2020 pandemic year trying to keep the Opry shows going there in Nashville. The other ones I really enjoyed, I really liked Keith Urban, uh, Kelsey Ballerini, Morgan Evans. That was a really good one. I really enjoyed that show a lot. Of course, I'm fans of theirs. Uh, of course, my favorite was Carrie Underwood, Brad Paisley. That was a really fun show. I always enjoy their dynamic. They just play so well off each other and have for so many years when they hosted the CMA Awards together. They just have, they just play off each other so well, their personalities, and they're so fun. Oh, also the other one I really enjoyed was Lady A when they were on there. They That was a really good show as well. So yeah, that was a really powerful show, October 24th with Opry Goes Pink. Just, it was a lot of fun. It's for a great cause. The Beverly Hills 90210 show podcast last week had Kathleen Robinson, who you will know as Claire Arnold from 90210. They had her on last week. Very interesting. I enjoyed this. Um, and she talks about in this that she really doesn't do a lot of interviews and stuff on 90210 because I think she's she kind of talked about it where she's almost a little like intimidated kind of of it because it was like when she was growing up and it was just such a huge deal 90210 was, you know, at the time. And it's just something she really hasn't 
just jumped into with doing these kind of interviews. So this was a big get for them. She talks about how the character was only supposed to be around for a few episodes, but the character was so well received that she was added as a regular. Uh, she talked about how, you know, Claire was like constantly like changing her look and she loved that. And that was something that she really went out of her way to do. She said even when she went to like clothing stores and stuff, she would look for stuff like, is that something Claire would wear? Is that something that would go with that? She said she did have to battle the producers at times to wear she would have something picked out or something that she wanted to do and the producers would kind of push back on her. And she said that she did have one moment to where she said it was like a skunk look that she had with her hair that she did. And that the producers actually pushed back on her so much where it was like, change it back or you're going to be fired. <laughs> so they showed one scene that I'd completely forgotten about to where Claire was, it was like a dream sequence where she was doing Brandon Walsh trivia on Jeopardy where they had Alex Trebek. Of course, they wanted to roll that, you know, with the recent passing of Alex Trebek and she talked about how fun that was and how great Alex was. And she went on to talk about, you know, just how much the fans loved her and Steve as a couple, you know, and they show the scene to where they meet at the diner, where it was the cuddles and tender heart scene, you know, or the early internet dating way before it is, you know, with dating apps and all that, where they, it was internet dating before it was internet dating, I guess, kind of, sort of. And they talked about how they were just so opposites and that's what made it work. That's what her favorite and like what her favorite storyline was. And she said it was her introduction, you know, the whole Brandon storyline, which was pretty fun, you know, where she was just completely in love with Brandon and he's just like, go away. <laughs> it just all the extremes that she went to to try to continue to try to get Brandon. It was pretty funny. She talked about Tori Spelling. She said that Tori was just like her favorite friend there and how they immediately hit it off. And then she said that was actually her fondest memory of the show was the friendship she had with Tori. She talked about the first day that she met Luke Perry. She said that she walked in and she could hardly even look at him because he was just so handsome and so magnetic. <laughs> she said she was just kind of completely in awe of him. She said she felt like she had the most in common with Claire, saying the edginess was very much a part of her too and like stirring things. And that's kind of how Claire was. And she said that her personality herself was very much like that too. So there was kind of a similarity between herself and the character there. She did 99 episodes. And of course, you know, what the question was asked, uh, why did you end up leaving the show? And she just said, you know, they offered her and wanted her to come back. And she she just felt like it was just time to go do something else. I think the producers felt like it was a money deal, you know, to where they brought her in and said, what's it going to take to keep you? You know, what what do you want? What's what's financial do you need? What do we need to up you to to keep you? And she said, it, you know, honestly, she said, it's not that. I just want to do something else. She just felt like it was time to move on you know, and thanked them and said, you know, every, everybody's been great. Everything's been great. I love this, but it's just time. I just want to go do something else, you know? So that was what ended up moving Claire on, you know? So yeah, this was a very cool interview. This, you know, it's not a, I haven't seen much of her since the show ended, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the actors of the show that's kind of 
been kind of out of my sight. So it was cool to hear what she's been up to and her thoughts on 90210. So it's a really fun podcast. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. We had back-to-back episodes of The Amazing Race this week as episodes 6 and 7 aired of what I'm calling the season Team Amazing Race. Because holy cow, I've never seen anything like this in The Amazing Race where you have teams that are just doing everything possible to help one another and try to eliminate these other teams to where it gets down to the final five. And I think part of my frustration in watching this is become a, because I'm coming off Big Brother 22, which was Big Alliance, and picking off players that weren't in the Big Alliance, and it just made it super boring on Big Brother this year with with that going on. So now I'm getting another dose of it on The Amazing Race. Now granted, it's more entertaining. I, this has been more entertaining than, you know, the whole season of Big Brother 22, unfortunately. And I'm very sad to say that because I love Big Brother. It was not entertaining. So we still have the fallout of the last episode where Kaylin and Haley have survived after the crazy elimination of Michelle and Victoria where they got lost in her cab for six and a half hours, according to the text on the screen. So they survive. The teams are shocked when they show up. and Like, how in the world did you all survive? And it's hugs and all that. All the teams end up on a train to Berlin. There's one go, so all teams are even now. Nobody's behind. It's all even par. All teams have to get in a Chavant car, which is this tiny little car. They had to drive themselves. This led to some teams struggling once again, just like we saw in the last leg of the race, where teams are struggling to drive. One of those is Will and James, who end up stalling their car, having to having their clutch go out. They figured out it was the clutch, so it was either, okay, we run, or we try to fix the clutch. They end up picking to run, so that's what ends up happening. So we get to the roadblock. The roadblock is a task to where you have to go up to the roof of this building and then you rappel down the side of this building face first where you're looking face down. But that's not the only part of the challenge. You have to observe these letters that are blinking to the side and they are blinking different ones and you have to take these letters and they form a word. It's basically a word scramble to where you have to figure that out. So the first team to do this is D'Angelo and Gary. D'Angelo goes down, and then when you get to the bottom, there's a woman there, and then she asks, you know, there were letters. What was the word that you saw? D'Angelo's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She's like, there's, you know, you have to, you didn't see any letters? He's like, I didn't see anything. I was too busy, like, fearing for my life (laughs) going down this wall. So now Hung and Chi arrive, and what's funny, there's a situation here which is funny that they talk about, you know, if they did anything that was heights related, that Hung was going to do it because she was better with heights. She didn't seem to be that great with heights because she gets up there and she is screaming all the way down, and, you know, of course the team's the ones that are not completed competing in the task, you know, they're down there observing, you know, their partners and they're all kind of laughing. And, uh, 
one of them says to uh, Chi, I thought Hung was good with heights. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but here's the situation where the alliance comes into play. And there's a, this causes a little dissension here. When D'Angelo is going down, you know, he, of course, tells Hung, hey, there's a, you know, there's a word scramble here. Could you let me know what the word is and help me out, you know? So Hung's like, yeah, okay. So she does that. She figures it out first. She figures out the word. And then instead of her and Chi leaving, she hangs around. She's like, no, I promised D'Angelo that I would help him and give him the word. Oh, and by the way, what is the word out of the word scramble? It's sauerkraut. Yep, sauerkraut. So, yes, <laughs> it's sauerkraut. So, Hung gives the word to D'Angelo when he gets down to the bottom. And then D'Angelo and Gary wait for Riley and Madison, who are there as well. Give them the word. Now, here's where things get interesting. is Hung and Chi and D'Angelo and Gary are running to the street trying to get a taxi. There's only one taxi. They can't find any others but one. D'Angelo and Gary hop in that uh, hop in that taxi. This doesn't go over well with Hung, where she's basically saying, you know, on the cam to the cameras, she's saying, "Hey, you know, I stuck around and gave him the word. You know, I helped him. He the reason he's even in this position is because I gave him what the word is, and then he took the only cab that was available, you know, and just left us out here to hang." So that's there's a little dissension here with the with the ranks. <laughs> and then we continue to see more help going on as Madison ends up helping Will and James, giving them the word. So it's just crazy how this alliance continues to help one another. We get to a yield point where Leo and Alana have a chance to yield Kaylin and Haley, and they say, you know, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna yield them because they helped us earlier in the race, so we don't want to do that to them. So now we have the non-alliance teams competing here on the backside of this task where you've got Leo and Alana, Aparna and Iswar, and Kalen and Haley, who are all competing trying to get out of there as the last three teams. Leo struggles trying to get the name. Aparna and him kind of work together to where they're trying to figure out what the word is. Leo finally gets it. Aparna gets it. And then when Haley gets there, Leo doesn't help Haley and let her know what the word is, saying that they didn't want to risk, you know, with them being at the bottom, they didn't want to risk doing that. And Haley's kind of like, okay, well, they, like, we helped them, and now they're not going to help us. So just a little bit of dissension. Well, I wouldn't know if, I wouldn't call it dissension, but it was just kind of like Haley was saying, yeah, well, we're probably not going to help them again after this. So Haley struggles. She really struggles with the words. She finally figures out, you know, how hey, I've got to figure out this word, but she just can't. She can't get it. She's got the letters, but she can't get the word to come together, and she's struggling. And, you know, they basically, uh, they're like, why don't you just go ask somebody? Just ask one of these people here in public. Just give them a letter, see if somebody will help. And Haley's like, yeah, sure, of course. Why not? Might as well. Uh, the first people turn her down, which I'm like, well, good grief. And then, uh, but she gets help from another woman who helps her and gets the words, gives her sauerkraut. She goes, completes the task. So that's the story there on that side. 
Up on the front side, it's D'Angelo and Gary getting there first. Riley and Madison getting there second. And Hung and Chi getting there third. Here's where things are kind of interesting. Uh, D'Angelo and Gary are first, of course. And then they're talking about, talking to Phil. Yeah, we really credit our alliance. We They really got us the win for this. Uh, Hung and Chi get there. And Phil points out... You know, that D'Angelo and Gary got $7,500 a piece for winning that leg of the race. And Phil points out and says, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody actually wait to help somebody. <laughs> you know, and uh, he said, you know, that was that decision right there from first to third was $15,000 cost, you know. And that kind of wakes up hung where she's like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't such a good idea on my part. So on the bottom side, we've got Iswar and Aparna and Leo and Alana who get their seconds apart. I mean, they're right on. They're right on each other to get to the finish line of this uh, this pit stop. Caitlin and Haley again get their last. It's like, oh no, it's complete frustration. But we learn it's a non-elimination round, and Phil gives the line of, "Your luck may have run out, but it hasn't." So, Kaylin and Haley are still in this race. So, here's the rundown as we get to the end of episode six. Here's your lineup of where they finished. First place, D'Angelo and Gary. Second place, Riley and Madison. Third place, Hung and Chi. Fourth place, Will and James. Fifth place, Iswar and Aparna. Sixth place, Leo and Alana. Seventh place, Kaylin and Haley, who are still in the race, as it is a non elimination. As we get into episode 7, the teams head off to Kazakhstan, and we continue to get D'Angelo and Gary still hyping up this amazing top 5 alliance, while Hung is saying the opposite. She's saying, we always help them, they never help us. So that's, that's some foreshadowing there. We had a lot of foreshadowing here at the beginning of this episode, because I really watched the editing on this show, like I said last week. We get yield talk from Will and James where they're saying, you know, what they would like to see happen with the yield and all that. And But we also get a Leo and Alana background revisit to where they're, again, telling a little bit of their background story, how they met, how long they've been dating, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm like, uh-oh. It's like, that's probably not good for Leo and Alana. But then a few minutes later, we get more backstory again on Kaylin and Haley to where I'm like, okay, well, given that, maybe it's foreshadowing here that both of these teams might be in a little bit of trouble. Now, as the teams get on the plane to head to Kazakhstan, we again have a reset as all teams are on the same flight. So we are reset. We're even par once again. So Kaylin and Haley have another chance. They're having an amazing run here of things just continuing to work out for them. They head to the Kazakhstan studios where there are two different tasks you can compete in. One is that you watch a, an action sequence to where you're observing this, watching this big action scene, and then you're going to get asked questions that you have to answer of things that you saw. The other task that you can compete in is to where you're actually in the action sequence you have to learn your choreography. You have to make sure you're doing everything right at the right time. So you can pick one or the other. Of course, Kaylin and Haley have to do a speed bump. They have to do that because anytime it's non-elimination round, you have to 
take a speed bump penalty in the next leg of the race, to which they, they get done. They blaze through it pretty quickly. Riley and Madison also go quickly through. They do the choreographing scene where they're in involved in the action scene. They do it, go through. Pretty sure it was on the first try that they got it knocked out. So Kaylin and Haley end up catching up to Leo and Alana here. And both of those teams are doing the observing, the action sequence where you have to answer the questions. Uh, Leo and Alana are struggling. Where they kept getting stuck on was... One of the questions was, how many spears do you see? They were getting stuck on what counts as a spear. They weren't really sure, like, does this one count as a spear with a flag on it? Or is this over here just a spear? They were getting stuck on that. And they struggled to where it took them 10 attempts at this before they finally completed it. Kaylin and Haley got through, passed them, moved up one spot. So that was pretty amazing there that they moved up. It was a pretty fun, pretty fun challenge. I thought it was kind of entertaining. I enjoyed it. So we get to the next task to where you have to assemble a yurt. And there's an example. They have one yurt set up over onto the side to where you can see the example of what you're looking like, how it needs to be decorated inside, just the whole details of it. So Will and James are there. This is Now this is foreshadowing with the yield thing earlier to where Kaylin and Haley show up and they actually play an interview with Will and James where they're saying, man, I'll tell you what, Leo and Alana, as far as our number one target in this race, it's got to be Leo and Alana. They're our number one target. So that was foreshadowing. Then we have Kaylin and Haley arriving. None of the teams that have arrived there have used the yield that is before this yurt task. As Kaylin and Haley arrive, you know, they're asking like, hey, how many teams are here, you know, and trying to figure out how things are going and if they need to, if they do need to yield. Will and James, of course, are on their own agenda that they want Leo and Alana out of this race. So they're yelling, hey, you really ought to yield, you know, it's make sure you guarantee yourself some time here. This is really hard. And then Riley and Madison peek out and then they see what's going on. They're like, yeah, they're right. You know, you really ought to yield them. This is going to take a long time. You're going to be here for a while. So Kaylin and Haley are like, what do we do? You know, and so they're like, all right, well, we're going to yield them. So they yield Leo and Alana. And of course, the Alliance team celebrate because they're like, yeah, we pulled that off. Yes. You know, again, it's another, it's another Alliance moment. Down to where they end up, Will and James help Madison and Riley on uh, the last clue that they were missing. And then we have another moment to where D'Angelo and Gary and Hung and Chi are near each other. And D'Angelo and Gary were missing one thing to where they could advance. And they asked Hung and Chi, you know, what are we missing? And Hung immediately gives the information and then immediately regrets it where she's like, why did I do that? And she says it out loud, like, why did I do that? Why did I just give him that information after what just happened? And saying, you know, I didn't learn anything from that. And then we have the funny moment to where Hung and Chi get in their taxi and she asks Chi, it's like, I messed up, didn't I? Are you mad? Are you frustrated about that? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a little frustrated over that. And she's like, well, okay, you've got 90 seconds to get over it. And he's like, well, I don't need 90 seconds. Well, take it because you've got 90 seconds to get over it. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. So the end of this leg plays out with Will and James being first 
at the pit stop. Leo and Alana are unable to overcome it. Those final three teams actually were battling pretty close for what it looked like with Leo and Alana, Kaylin and Haley, and Iswar and Aparna. Seemed like they were all battling pretty close there toward the end. But eliminated is Leo and Alana as they arrive there last. And no non-elimination this time. It's, this time it's uh, it's an elimination. So sad to see Leo and Alana go because I did like that team. Uh, so here's your results at this end. Well, first, let me mention this. The next leg of the race is going to be what's called a mega leg, which means double everything, double detours, double everything. So it's double length, double miles. So it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be pretty crazy, pretty tiring. Standings at this leg of the race, first place, Will and James, second to Riley and Madison, third to Hung and Chi, fourth to D'Angelo and Gary, fifth to Kaylin and Haley. Six to Iswar and Aparna. So major kudos to Kaylin and Haley, who not over not only overcome, but even moved up a spot. So they really rocked that last leg of the race. It was pretty awesome to watch. And that's that's been my favorite team so far. I've really enjoyed them a lot. So next week with the tease of, you know, the mega leg, they definitely showed like more dissension going on, including Riley and Madison saying in the car about D'Angelo and Gary saying, all they are is take, 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 take. They never give, give, give in this alliance. They just take from us with information and everything. So there's clearly some some stuff boiling here, but I'm just begging for some dissension <laughs> in this big alliance because I am ready for this thing to break up. So that is a wrap for this episode of the Entertainment Ghost Pop podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And take care. God bless. And I just hope you have a great day.